Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to your Survivor Series preview edition of Radio Free Professional Wrestling. I am simply the Patriot Saint of Stunning, alongside with David the Smart Mart. And the one question that's going to come up on this show is, do I have the balls to select Team Smackdown, the women's version, to win the 505 Survivor Series match with the addition of, David, get this, Tony Storm. Yeah, um, you, we just uh, spoke off air prior to this because, uh, by the way, good afternoon, good morning, uh, good evening, welcome everyone to yet another fun-packed edition of uh, RFPW. We are a pair of, we, we can't sleep. Ladies and gentlemen, the banter leading up to this recording of this particular edition, as I'm looking across my computer screen into Knoxville, Tennessee, to the, the, the Knoxville night, he looks as fresh as a daisy and he actually shouldn't be. We really do have some strange sleeping patterns. It's 11, just after 11 on a UK morning, and he's it's just after 6 for him. So, ladies and gentlemen, as much as we um, we have a go at each other and we poke each other and prod each other, he does go go above and beyond. Duty to bring you sheer entertainment and Tony Storm. In I'm not surprised. I haven't watched SmackDown yet. I haven't had a chance because of the UK time differences. I will watch correct that error at some point during the day. Um, I, I actually concentrated on seeing Rampage, and I feel a little bit better for that. Tony Storm not surprised about... I'm not going to give you a hint of where whether I would agree with that or not, because you might not get to vote on the Women's Survivor Series SmackDown match yet later on, young chap. David, I have the first selection. Trust me, buddy. I have the first selection. Are you going You're going straight in with that match? You don't know that yet. And that might be just a little foreshadowing for later on in this episode. It could be bait and switch. You never know. You never know. You never know. Are you looking forward to Survivor Series, Sean? Be honest. You know, we'll go ahead. We'll answer this question for you. I am not looking forward to Survivor Series. And there's a stunning sixth question that directly relates to this Survivor Series question that you just asked me. Without further ado, here's the stunning six questions for this week. It's time for the stunning six question. All the whys and what have they done now? Hopefully, David and Sean can make sense of it. David, stunning question number one. <laughs> Where do you see Rockstar Spud and John Morrison Lanny after they got released from the WWE this past Thursday? Secondly, what does it mean for WWE since they just brought up Hit Row and they decided, oh, hey, Hit Row, you got to go. Right, let's try and break this down. Hit Row was not a surprise to me after B, is it B Fab got let go in the last lot of, um, of, uh, draft, of draft releases. As I swerve, Scott can go anywhere he likes. The rest of them can go back to the Indies because the, not one of them is any good. Apparently, if you look at reports this week, one of them was particularly difficult backstage, although that's being denied. Um, but there's more than one people person come out and said said this. I will not miss Hit Row in any way, shape or form. I thought they were garbage from the start. You know that. So... The fact that they're gone, I applaud WWE in that because they do seem to be getting, for as much as there's a couple of shocks, they um, they are also getting rid of some dross as well. And I would definitely put Hit Row into that. And or, apart from Isaiah Swerve Scott, who I think I don't know where the hell he's going to go now with Ring of Honor gone. He would have been a good one for Ring of Honor to have picked up in my eyes. But I don't think he's AEW. You asked me about Spud and Morrison, didn't you? as well. Yes, I did. Spud, I could see going to TNA, and I think would be a perfect 
fit back in TNA. He's not an AEW wrestler for me. He's too small and he's only going to get buried. So he's not one for me in there. Morrison, I could see going to, I could see having some AEW interest, particularly if he took Tara with him. Um, you know, pull out the husband and wife. Yeah, they, they, they could almost, the way they're going, have a husband and wife division at the moment. You know, Cody and Cody and uh, Television Face as well. You, you know what I'm saying here. And um, bring, hey, bring Renee Young in and have Moxley and Renee Young as well on one one side. You know, I, I don't know, mate. I don't know what you... But yeah, Morrison, I'm surprised at because he's a talent. John Morrison's a talent. It's just crazy. They had this guy and their company twice now and they yep. never gave him a chance to go to the main event level. And, I mean, they literally have given him garbage to work with. And he literally took chicken you-know-what and made chicken salad out of it. Uh, come, yep. Like, come on, Johnny Drip Drip? He got Johnny Drip Drip over. Hey, I can't argue with any of that. The thing is, he looks good. He's a talent. He's got gimmick. He's not great on the mic, but that could be made up for, you know, I mean, hell, AEW putting Jungle Boy over, and he's, you know, one of the worst on the mic, on the stick that you'll actually see. But he's, he's talented, so, you know, a, a bit of the old Heyman accentuate the positives and hide the negatives. But, yeah, Morrison, um, that that's that makes no sense, other than the fact that Tara's, Tara went in the last slot, and, you know, they're just getting rid of dead wood well if i was tony khan i would definitely open up the checkbook and go like guys come here because that'd be two solid additions to the card yeah 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 absolutely solid mid card uh, you know talented oh trust me tyler battery in that women's division would be a upgrade yeah, yeah yes yeah i agree with that mate totally although the women's division to be fair the top end are getting better. There are still some dross, as we saw on Rampage, but the women's division on the whole is getting better because Britt Baker's got better. You've had Thunder Rosa go in. You've had Ruby go in. Ty Conte is improving match by match, which you've got to give her credit for. You know, when these girls... Are, when you can see noticeable improvement in these ladies, you know, you've got to give them credit for it. Okay, so standing question number two. Which one are you more excited for? CM Punk versus Kenta or CM Punk versus... MJF. I don't know. You got me. The segment this week was perfect again. Yes, again, knocked out of the park. Absolutely perfect. You didn't get as much MJF as normal. They brought Punk's music in right, and they just nailed it. I'll be honest, if I had to favour one or the other, it would be CM Punk MJF, because it's a brand, brand new feud. David, I agree with you, because if you remember when I was talking about the G1, the one thing I had a little issue with was since Kenta has come to G Japan for wrestling and been a member of the Bullet Club, he has literally changed the style of wrestling he's done. This ain't Hideko Otami that we saw like in 2015. It was that versus Kenta versus CM Punk. Yes, sign me up. But I feel like yeah. this match with CM Punk versus Kenta now, you're going to get the quote-unquote Bullet Club versus Akinta versus CM Punk, and that might not be as good as MJF versus CM Punk. I think they'll both be cracking. You're right in the respect of how much do New Japan call any shenanigans. Let's hope they don't and just keep it as a one-on-one. But, yeah, we'll wait and see. But that that little interaction on Wednesday night, if that didn't make you excited for, for it, then don't watch pro wrestling. Exactly. If you didn't enjoy the fact that MJF went over to CM Punk went, Maxwell, and CM Punk just yeah, politely brilliant. turned around and just walked out. Yeah, absolutely. But simple, very basic stuff, but when it's well executed, which this was, it, it just shows shows up 
you know, all the garbage we get on the opposite channel. Okay, stunning question number three. So, Kenny Omega is taking some time away from AEW Wrestling after losing to Hangman Adam Page. He has a laundry list of injuries he's going to try to take care of. And he told us that since 2018, he has had vertigo. So, some of the best wrestling matches this guy has delivered is him delivering it while he was suffering from this condition. So, does this add to the greatness that is Kenny Omega? I don't know about greatness. I think it shows he's got some, some guts, determination, and balls which you maybe wouldn't have associated with him previously. The fact that it was reported that prior to the Ad Adam Page match, he could barely lift anything above his shoulders. And I mentioned this on uh, Tuesday night on the Rock and Roll Wrestling Show. Shows what an impressive performance the Page match was. I, my opinion is changing slightly of Omega. Now, it's, apparently he's just undergone a triple surgery on his shoulder and arm, um, etc. So... Obviously, he is going to be off for a period of time. Looking forward to seeing how he comes back. And hopefully, he'll come back a, re a returning hero, um, which he'll, I think he will anyway, whether he comes back as a face or heel. I think he'll still initially be regarded as a returning hero because now the penny's dropped with exactly what he's done for AEW. Exactly. I don't see AEW being able to bring him back as a heel if he comes back here, I do believe that you're going to have a, have a baby-faced Kenny Omega run because now everybody knows the story behind all the matches for the last three years. Like, oh, hey, Okada versus Omega, he had vertigo both uh, times. Yeah. Okay, so stunning question number four. And off air before the show, we were talking about the NWA Nets pay-per-view card. You say it's looking decent. The main event for this card, allow me to tell you, is Trevor Murdoch versus Mike Knotts for the NWA heavyweight title. Are you still interested? Yeah, yeah I am actually. I am because there's a lot of talent on the card. For me, it's not about always about the main event. It's, if there's three or four matches that catch my interest, and, and there is on that, you've got Bram, Bram Nick Aldis, Austin Aries is on the show, the OGK on the show. Oh, yeah, there's enough there for me to buy that, and I definitely will be look, buying it, and hopefully it will live up to the billing. So, David, I was looking forward to this card coming up. I was literally thinking, do I want to get a friend? Do I want to make that three-hour drive down to Atlanta and see this in person? And Ooh. then I got to see the last episode of Power where they showed the second night, last big show they had, okay? And I got to see Mike Knox come into the cage and attack Trevor Murdoch. And I was going like, one, who is this? And secondly, after I found out it was Mike Knox, I'm going like, Mike Knox, NWA world title level? Not sure about that, buddy. Yeah, but you look at, you know, with all due respect, Sean, right, you got Trevor Murdoch was holding the belt, and I've got no issue with that. He deserves it. He deserves it for however long they decide to keep him on the belt. But eventually, you've got Aldis, you've got Tim Storm, you've got Austin Aries, you've got you've got the two guys from the OGK, you've got Pope, your friend. Um, you, We'd love to see Pope have a, you know, full-blown title run with, you know, Sweet Charlotte. Um, No, I, I haven't got a problem with that. It's... I don't think it'll be the main event. I don't think it'll, well, okay, it might be the main event. I don't think it'll go on last. No, I think what will go on last is going to be the blood feud that is Nick Ollis versus Tom Lattimore yeah. to go on last. Yeah, I agree with that. So there you go. I mean, at the moment, it's like when Ring of Honor used to have Austin Aries, ironically, was one who, who suffered from this. He'd go on mid-card to defend the world title at any of their shows unless they built it up to be a really big, um, title feud so you know and, and the NWA can do that because the crowd's gonna like it as long as the quality of the wrestling's alright 
They're not going to give us stuff. And I think in this case, I think it's a decent match. For me, it, you look at the card and go, yeah, that's pretty solid. Well, I will give Mike Knox versus Trevor this one thing. It should be a nice, brawling wrestling match. It's going to be high impact, high power. So it should be fun to watch. You seem to have taken offense to it, um, which is obviously you're right. You know, we, we don't always agree on everything. Um, but yeah, no, I haven't got a problem with it. And as I say, we're both right. And it will be Aldis and Latimer that closes out the show. Okay, so stunning question number five. If you watched AEW Dynamite this past Wednesday night, you noticed this one fan in the crowd, if you're looking at the screen, this dude was holding up a sign that was saying, can you have more than one women's match, please? And he would hold it up every so often. He actually held it up in the women's match, causing them to change the camera angle so fast a few times. He actually caused the match to suffer just a little bit by holding up his sign. So what are your thoughts, David? Right, okay, sorry. I noticed the sign. Didn't think anything of it. Still don't think anything of it. I, I, I wasn't aware. You you obviously paid more notice to me. I think I was. I must have been tired at that point because I did watch Dynamite Live this week. No, I've got no real thoughts. I don't think they need more than one women's match a week at the moment. I know they've got the tournament going on, but unfortunately, Red Velvet and Jade Cargill proved that they don't really need more than one women's match a week at the moment. The thing is, for me, if they had a more developed women's division, and saying to say you had the top four or top six ladies, you had like maybe a top ten ladies, then you could have a second match on the card. But the one thing yep. AEW suffers from is they have three hours of TV a week and have a very large roster. Now, the one benefit from very, having a very large roster is you don't see everybody every single week. So some people don't get old. You see them every now and then and go like, oh, hey, they're still here. And they have a decent match. So you get back into that person. You know, there you go. Talking sense again. Um, I can't argue with any of that. The, I, I mean, out of that one, let me think. Let's, Serena Deeb, this is off the top of our heads. Thunder Rosa, Britt Baker. I'm going to give Ty Conte a pass because, as I said earlier, she's improving with every performance. She's getting better. And for doing that, great. And after that, I can't think anyone that I want to watch in the ring apart from the tits and arse aspect. You know, because that's where they're very, very Vince McMahon in in, in the 80s in that you look you look at some of them you know even even Jay Cargill is is set up to be almost like a TNA lady when she isn't you know even Red Velvet you know I, just, I mean Red Velvet you know what sort of name gives doesn't give the best connotation I get you David so stunning question number six and the final stunning question this week what do you think of the lackluster build for this year's Survivor Series? And is Survivor <laughs> Series still one of the four? Yeah, I touched on this again on Tuesday at 5 o'clock. And you're absolutely bang on. Oh, what? The, the problem is, right, yes, Survivor Series, in my mind, for my opinion, for what it's worth, is one of the big four. And that's why I will watch it and give it due diligence out of respect for one of the big four without probably fast-forwarding it. I think the card they've got is as strong a card as they can have without the part-timers such as Edge, Goldberg. Um, It's just, it's not. I think it's going to be awful. I think, I, I, I hope I'm wrong. I don't like crapping on WWE, but you've only got the booking... It's it's all garbage, and the men's the men's match I've got hopes for. I'm looking for looking to see how they get out of Big E, Roman Reigns because they're obviously going to get out of that somehow. Same with them. 
Well, I think Charlotte's going to lose to Becky Lynch. Um, as a hint for you, if we've got a Churchill Cup here, because I think Charlotte is on her way out. Well, the one match that I'm looking forward to is that Big E versus Roman Reigns match. And I agree with you, David. It's going to turn out to be a match where they need to figure out how to get out without being either opponent. So, expect yeah. outside interference. Well, I mean, obviously, you've got the Usos. You've got potential of Brock showing up. It's SummerSlam. It's one of the big four. I don't, mate. I, you know, it's all champion. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, 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 I admire the fact they've done champion versus champion down the way down. Now, did you pick up on Rock and Roll Wrestling Show? I'm going to slightly go towards the Intercontinental Championship. That in it won't be 93 days, but it'll be about 100 days by the time he gets in the ring. And it's only the second time that Nakamura has defended the Intercontinental belt. Well, luckily for Shinsei Nakamura, Jack Tunney isn't around anymore, or that 30-day <laughs> title defense thing would have been an issue if he would have been stripped on the spot, yeah, because good. that's Jack Tunney. Yeah, it's, it's a strange one. I, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to give it due diligence. Yes, it is still one of the big four, because I'm a wrestling traditionalist. You're a wrestling traditionalist, and there are always going to be the big four. David, I might upset you with my following statement. So the following statement is only from the Patriots, Saint, and Stunning. It does not represent the views of Ray Free Professional Wrestling or David the Smart Mark. I would literally kill Survivor Series, the name, get rid of it, gone, bye-bye. Just give me another pay-per-view. You can give me Backlash. You can give me Judgment Day. Just give me a pay-per-view without the traditional Survivor Series matches because they haven't meant anything since the 1990s. Bingo! There's your statement, mate. Right, I disagree with that in the fact that it's part of the big four. Only reason, part of the big four, right? But you're right in the respect. The matches haven't, you've got to build, they haven't done it for years. Oh, it's Raw versus SmackDown. Yeah, but you always put Raw over. No matter what, you always put Raw over because you consider it the strongest brand. The, the matches aren't worth shit. You look back to early Survivor Series, the, 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 there was something on them. There was two or three interconnected feuds within the, the Survivor Series team. I personally would like to see more Survivor Series matches and have them mean something, have them been some stakes, have the, you know, if you don't win, the loser, first uh, four teams, first four team members eliminated, get moved, you know, you know, put, incorporate it in the draft or get sacked if they're letting people go. You know, that, that, there's, there's the ways and means that. Exactly. They could literally have the so Survivors go into like a battle royal at the end of the night for a number one contendership at TLC or whatever December pay-per-view you want to have. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. The winning teams, the winning teams. So say you had four Survivor Series matches, right? Two ladies, two men's. Yep. The two winning teams, the 10 wrestlers then have a battle royal and the winner gets whatever. That's a great idea. So yeah, literally, you have the two man. Yeah, absolutely, mate. We 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 we're wasted. We we really are wasted. I'd I'd watch that. Uh, Tony Khan, if you listen to this podcast, you might want us to hire me and David to help you book some shows. Yeah, yeah, but if you let me book some shows, you know, packs going over. I'd just like to say, I can live with that, buddy. I can live with that. Yeah, yeah, bad one. Well, why don't we go over and see what your dud of the week is? It's time for Dud's dud of the week. What has set him off this week? So, my friend, what has you troubled this week? 
What has me troubled this week was, ironically, and hear me out on this, NXT UK. We talked about this off air on, on prior to coming on. Big Normally a big weekend in British wrestling. It's fear and loathing weekend up in up in Scotland. Um, and ICW have got their two days, Saturday and Sunday, of their main two shows. Now, bear in mind, this is a show that's previously been booked in the, the Hydro at Glasgow, which is Glasgow's biggest indoor arena. They've had crowds of up to 6,000. And, you know, they, um, they're they unfortunately back in the Barrowlands. British wrestling is in the dumpster again. And I hate to say it, British wrestling is in the dumpster. The crowds at the ICW show since they've returned have dropped, particularly in the garage, um, which is their traditional home. Progress starts again this weekend recording in front of the crowds. I am really, really worried about NXT UK. Not for the quality, but for the fact of on Thursday night or the most recent episode, there were about 15 people in the audience. And I worry now for British wrestling. This is actually a concern rather than something being bad, because it's bad that we're not getting the crowds. Basically, Hunter with NXT UK going on to NXT, creaming progress and creaming ICW, Preston City Wrestling, Rev Pro Rev Pro Wrestling's probably now gone back to being the biggest British company because it's got Osprey as its world heavyweight champion. But even then, there's not the people going to watch it that there was in the boom time. And I worry, I worry for UK wrestling. That's my duds dud in if you can see where I'm coming from. David, I do see what you come from because you go back to 2013, 2014, you saw this rise in British wrestling. And it's the first time I took notice of British wrestling. And as it was getting to its zenith, here comes NSC UK over to quash it like a grape. And they literally took every major talent from all the big indies in Britain and put an IRD one card. Smallman and Dallas acted as a conduit to get these um, people over. They both went into bed with Triple H, both got into bed with Triple H, i.e. Hunter appearing at a random house show, ICW house show in Cardiff, in front of 250 people. Jim Smallman getting a job booking NXT UK, dropping progress, a company he made a success like a stone. Yeah, so I'm not surprised. I knew it was coming. Um... But it's very disappointing. A huge from someone who had been in the middle of all of it at peak times, made a lot of friends, saw a lot of really good high quality shows, met a lot of good performers, good people. And don't get me wrong, I don't begrudge any of them success. But let's face it, the only one really that you can consider a total success is Drew McIntyre. You know, at the uh, living living his dream success. There've been some that touched on it. You know, I've I seen Martin Stone win the NXT Tag Team Championship. It's one of the greatest moments of my wrestling life. Because if ever a guy deserved some recognition, it's Martin Stone. But uh, and, and it brought it home to me this week watching NXT UK. The show wasn't bad. It was its normal high standard. But it's like if British fans can't be bothered to go and watch a free TV taping in a very accessible studio, then it just shows. You know, Dave, I just wonder if it's just a factor of the pandemic and the fact that UK had a longer lockdown and stricter lockdown and people haven't got fully back into, quote unquote, the normal kind of lifestyle. No, I disagree with that. I take your point, but I'll tell you why I disagree with it. And the counterpoint I would make to that is 
the WWE didn't have any problems selling their garbage house shows two weeks ago. And I'll tell you what, you watch the difference when an AEW come over here and do their first show. Those tickets will be like gold dust. No pun intended. Well, let's slide over to our top five moments of the week. It's RFPW's top five moments of the week. And David, do you want to go first or second? I'd like to go second this week, now, my friend. Okay, so allow me to have seven moments instead of five moments. Cause yeah. I forgot you about can have whatever you like. Okay, starting at number five, it was Charlie Dempsey joined Teal Man's faction back on NXT UK because in the main <laughs> event, it's Gallus versus Teal Man and his tag team partner. And who comes out from the middle of 20 fans? It's Charlie Dempsey. So, yes, anything with Charlie Dempsey in it, sign me up. Okay. Go number, on. Number four, it's the seeds being planted for the split between Adam Cole and the Elite. If you go back to yep. AEW Dynamite on Wednesday, you see the first segment where Omega's telling the Bucks, hey, can you hold a fort down as I go? And Adam yeah. goes, like, goes like, sure, we can do it. I was talking about the young clever. Bucks, not you. So, yeah. Yeah, very clever, mate. Okay, number three is back on Rampage on Friday night. It's Funner Rose's promo where she starts in English, then she gets totally evil and mad in Spanish and they beep her. I'm like, any Funner Rose promo you get is solid go. Yep. Okay, my number two moment of the week, and it might be t- 1C, okay? We could call it 1C. It's going to be the fact that MJF acted like he didn't know who CM Punk was. He walks over and he goes, Maxwell, and sticks his hand out. And CM Punk's like, this turns around, doesn't give him no words whatsoever. And we know what match we're getting. So, yeah, that's cool. Now, my 1B moment of the week was back on Ring of Honor. It was Josh Grissom versus um, Brody King. You need to go out of your way to see this match because it was freaking yeah. awesome. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. My number one moment, and all these could be interchangeable because they're kind of cool, is Daniel Bryanson coming out and sort yeah. of raining on Adam Page's victory parade. <laughs> And we got to see the teases of a more hillish Daniel Bryan. Yeah, I, I mean, mate, you picked like you picked pretty much all my moments in there. Um, but I've got a couple of honourable mentions, um, and, and they carry on from what you mentioned. Yeah, the the notable things this week: Danielson's brilliant. Because how do you turn Danielson heel when he when people just don't want to boo him? So that was very clever how they did that. Um, I really, really liked it. The mention of WrestleMania was fantastic. I thought the way he slipped that in there. You you mentioned it, the Cole Kenny in the books. That made me laugh out loud on a couple of occasions because they also had the bit of where Bobby, the interview, I can't remember on which program it was, but when it must have been Dynamite when they announced that Bobby Fish was going to um, team up with um, Adam Cole and they cut him off before he could say Undisputed. Just saying, you can't say that round here. I absolutely, the way they did that, I absolutely laughed out loud at that. That's in there. Punk MJF all day long. Yeah, you're right about the match with Brody and Jonathan Gresham on um, Ring of Honor TV. That is just, the more good stuff Ring of Honor actually now put on, the more heartbreaking it is um, that they're not going to be here with us anymore. But I really, really enjoyed, apart from all the obvious stuff, the teaming of Bobby Fish and Adam Cole. Um, that would have been my number one moment to see them in the ring again. Bobby Fish is so underrated. 
Um, and I hope that the Undisputed Era are formed in AEW because he needs a platform. David, when I seen Adam Cole and Bobby Fish walk down to the ring on Rampage, in my mind, I was picturing Kyle Riley coming down with a title belt just playing his guitar because I was like, yeah, I just want the full Undisputed Era entrance in AEW. That'd be brilliant, mate, if it happens. I think it will. I think it will. It's time for the Winston Churchill Cup. Ladies and gentlemen, it's main event time. And coming into this Winston Churchill Cup, David the Smart Mark is luckily ahead 3-2, to two, <laughs> pin- pinning the outcome of Turning Point, which is Saturday night. So the updated points will be on RPW Twitter account at Radio Free PW. So we're going to pick Survivor Series and David won't survive this. Well, there's a lot of points available this weekend, isn't there? Because we've got um, Twatting Point on um, Impact, which we previously picked. I'm feeling good, my friend. The cup's coming home. Okay, whatever you say. Anyway, as you decidedly, pointedly told me, you have the honour, my friend. So, um, which which match are you going for, Sean? Here's the bait and switch. Well, with a stunning one's first selection... I'm going to the Island of Reverency. I'm taking Roman Reigns to beat Big E. Now, we need to qualify this, then. So, actually be announced the winner of the match. Yes, I'll take that. I'll take the terms. I'll take the terms. He has... No, you know what I'm saying. I'm not being awkward here, because you know what, potentially, we've discussed it. And with loads of the champion versus champion matches. Exactly. I'm okay with it. He literally has to be announced the winner of the match. If he's not announced the winner of the match, I will not get a point. Yeah, okay, well, in that case, then, I will return the favour and I will pick Becky Lynch over Charlotte Flair under those same terms. Okay, David, so I just waited one selection longer. Allow me to pick my beloved Tony Storm and Team SmackDown to beat Team Raw Women. To be fair, if there's ever a Raw team going to go lay down for a SmackDown team, this is it. The SmackDown team, you have to say, is much better, much stronger on paper, which obviously isn't going to be on paper, and yeah, I, I, I'm, 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 I knew you'd go there, and I'm a sporting champion, and and I have no problem with that. And do you know what? I would have picked the same. However, I'm going to pick Team Raw over Team SmackDown with the men's match, despite the addition of Ridge Holland to the um, SmackDown team. David, if I was Drew McIntyre, I would just beat up my team and go down there by myself. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, I'd take Jeff Hardy for someone to stroke. Okay, fine. You beat everybody up except for Jeff Hardy so you can tag out once in a while just to catch your breath. Okay, okay. Better plan. Allow me to pick the Intercontinental title versus U.S. title match, and I'm going to take Damian Priest to beat Sensei Nakamura. Ooh, title change. Are we sure these are title for title matches? Well, it says champion versus champion singles matches. But, like I said, Roman Reigns versus Big E is a champion versus champion, but I don't think the titles are on the line. Okay, well, if the titles are not on the line, then we've still picked how we wanted to. I'm going to pick RK Bro over the Usos, and that hurt, can I just say? I had two amazing weeks on Radio Free Professional Wrestling. Inside of two weeks, I get you to pick Moose, and this week, have you picked Matt Riddle. Man, this has been so much fun. Okay. So, by my calculations, you get... Right. Ladies and gentlemen, there are 25 participants, in theory, in a 25-man battle royal. So, what me, Sean and myself have agreed, we're going to pick one each. Sean can go first. I'm going to read them out again. 
Although I know I know exactly who Sean's going to pick. I'll tell you now, but hey, you know, it is what it is. The participants are T-Bar, Shelton Benjamin, Shanky, Sami Zayn, Robert Roode, Ricochet, R-Truth, Otis, Osmosis, Montez Ford, Mansour, Jinder Mahal, Ivar, Eric, Humberto, Drew Gulak, Dolph Ziggler, Commander Aziz, Chad Gable, Cesaro, Cedric Alexander, Apollo Cruz, Angelo Dawkins, Angel and AJ Styles. Okay, who do you think I want to pick? I'll tell you, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest, if you don't pick who I think, I'm not going to put the thought in your head. Well, allow me to select the phenomenal AJ Styles. Yeah, and I wasn't wrong either. Yeah, fair enough, I don't blame me for that. And I, I, by process of elimination, I, I don't know. The rest of it's garbage, but I'll pick Apollo Crews. I know, it is a crapshoot of a battle royal. But anyway, that was Survivor Series. One of the big four, although you'd never look at it, think of it looking at that card. Maybe Sean has a point, maybe I'm wrong. Let us know. When this, you know, when you've heard this, guys, let us know. I would still honour the name rather than the current crop of talent and performance values. Before we go this week on Radio Free Professor Wrestling, you're <laughs> going to get a special treat next weekend because myself, the stunning one, and one of our guest hosts, Greg Felton from the Smack Daddies podcast, are coming together to do a James Bond podcast. It might be a one-off, and we're going to review No Time to Die, and we're going to decide who was the greatest Bond ever, and you're going to hear this special announcement in 3, 2, 1... Greetings, my name is Sean, Sean Burkhead, and I'm one of the hosts of License to Victor, a brand new James Bond podcast where we dive into the world that is everything Bond, and along with my co-host, Gray Felton, we will once and for all determine who was the best Bond of all times. So get your martini, chicken not stir, and get ready for a free ride of a podcast coming to you very, very soon. Until then, stay studying. David, I know you've been complaining about the fact that a Canadian and American are going to top Bond without having a British guy here, but here we are. Right, I have concerns. A, because I've seen No Time to Die, and it's garbage. That's my review of it, ladies and gentlemen. You don't need me for, to review No Time to Die. Greg, I am trusting you. Greg, you listening? I am trusting you. This is a heartfelt message from someone as a child who read the books, who is a Bond fanatic, who loves Bond for the reasons that Bond is Bond. Greg, don't you let me down. He's going to. Don't you let me down, Greg. Please, don't let me down. Okay, so you expect this special podcast to come out either... Friday or Saturday next week. We are recording it Thanksgiving evening here in America. So we'll see how this goes. But you can always catch David and myself on Finland Youth Radio, the Rock and Wrestling Show, each and every Tuesday, 5 p.m. GMT, 12 noon Eastern. And I can't wait to hear David complain about Survivor Series. <laughs> Yeah, it's the fastest, always call it fastest hour on radio, supplemented by the Knoxville Knight himself. Um, although we might not be speaking this time next week. Um, who knows? 
Um, looking forward to that. Looking forward to reviewing Survivor Series and maybe a little bit about Turning Point. Who knows? David, after this bomb podcast, I may be canceled from Finland Youth Radio. So you might have to find no. me somewhere else. I want to wish everybody in America a happy Thanksgiving. And David, tell the lovely people, have a great weekend. Yeah, guys, have a great weekend. Have a great Thanksgiving. The one good thing for me for Thanksgiving, it means we get extra NFL on um, on UK television. And the Mighty Cowboys, uh, when I get off the alternative music show and get home, I shall be walking in just in time to sit down and see Dak Prescott do what he does best. Destroy everyone! Come on, the Cowboys! David, you know what I'm going to be thankful for this Thanksgiving? Go on. I'm going to be thankful that I'm the Western Churchill Cup champion. Everyone stay steady. This is Sergeant Arms of Christina on behalf of the guys. Thanks for listening to today's show. Please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star rating and a review. Until next time, the liberation continues.